We're recording. It is October 5th, 2023, Thursday. On our prayer list, Alan Long to get well soon. And he and his family, um, yeah, a little fender bender. Um, I don't think he's hurt badly. I think he's home. Uh, Marcos, salvation for his son. And the idea of praying for salvation is kind of debated, but I tell you, it doesn't hurt. I mean, if it, it may not help, but it certainly wouldn't hurt. Everyone has to make that free will choice. And, um, you know, we just pray that the Lord would send laborers out there and that these folks would uh, just run into the Word everywhere they went. Uh, for Forrest and Christina, uh, who plan to be married this December, uh, John Goins' family on his passing and the friends who will miss him and who do miss him. Um, there's a fellow in New Hampshire. Um, I watch his YouTube channel, Gunblue490. He's a Vietnam vet. He's got a great YouTube channel, huge following. Um, just a down-to-earth, old-school hunting and various things he does and um, doing some recipes, how to make real New England clam chowder. His dog, Buddy, of 12 and a half years passed and it's really hitting him and his wife hard. So, you know, I told him we'd have him on the prayer list and he actually responded to my comment. Um, told him he'd be glad to know that our Bible study is comprised about 75% of Vietnam vets. <laughs> so, um, and also I told him, you know, it mentions in the book of Job in chapter 12. Um, it's going to be verse 10. If you don't have a King James, it won't quite sound this way, but this is what's being said. Verses 9 and 10 of Job chapter 12. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Every living thing has a soul. So I told the fellow, I don't know his name. I wish I did. Uh, you know, that according to Job, Chapter 12, uh, every living thing has a soul. Everything has a soul. And I said... Um, Does that include trees? I think any plant, yeah. There's, I don't think there's life without a soul. Every living thing. Now, once that body, that living body dies, the soul will continue on. What does God do with the souls? He doesn't really say. There's a clue in Ecclesiastes that they might stay here on the earth. Some would say that they uh, that God puts that soul in another little kitty or another puppy. Or uh, I know that's reincarnation. I'm not going to go out on that limb, but um, I will go out on the limb and say again that according to His Word, every living thing has a soul. And I told him, I said, how could... Uh, and he's a Christian. He's a strong Christian. I said, how could heaven be heaven? His dog's name was Benny. How could heaven be heaven if Benny isn't there? 
God said he would wipe away every tear, and he will. Uh, I don't think that... Um, I mean, in a lot of people who don't particularly love animals very well, um, they... You know, I had a Baptist preacher one time say, there's no souls in animals. Animals don't. They don't go on after you kill the body. Mm. But uh, scripture, scripture would disagree with that. Yeah, Romans says that, uh, that the whole creation yeah. groans yeah. for redemption. That's talking about cattle and everything, animals. And, and, and he said not only them, but us also. So... <laughs> Well, I told my friend, his wife, that lost a beloved pet, a little dog, uh, that uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to ask the Lord for that soul back, you know, and um, get you another dog. And he did. That's James Ferris, a trade with And uh, it was, you know, it had been six, eight months. He got another, another little puppy. Had just been weaned and they brought the dog home. It was the same breed. And I, I told him that, and I said, you ask God, and I'll pray too. And he called me, and he's a very skeptical. you got to have bulletproof evidence to convince him of anything. And he called and said, well, you're not going to believe this. And he told me about getting the dog, and the little dog was... I don't know how old it was, two, two and a half months when he got it. Um, he said, I set, her, I set her down in the doorway when we got to the house. She ran straight back to the back of the, he has a double wide home and he lives in, back, back of the house where the laundry room is and was looking for a food bowl that had always been in that one little corner. That little dog ran to that exact corner. Coincidence? Maybe. But maybe not. But, uh, you know, losing a beloved animal is um, never easy. And you don't really stop missing them. And, uh, but just know that God has that soul. And where he has put that soul, then that's uh, up to him. We can only speculate. So I wanted uh, that man on our prayer and his wife. He, had, you know, they were both very, very distraught. Although the, a miracle was done, the dog, when it was seven years old, was taken to the vet sick, and it was so full of tumors from cancer that they just said we might as well put her down right now. They had opened up the entire, I guess, abdomen. And they were shown this is what's here. They could not put Benny down. They said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna keep on with him, and we're gonna pray." And they did. And he said it was about the third or fourth day they was expecting him to go on and pass, but he was out in the yard, and here Benny had gotten up and come running around to him and um, <coughs> he just thanked God. He knew that God had given that dog an extension of life and that was another five and a half years <coughs> that, that Benny got. 
our prayer team, uh, Gail, Janice, Ruby, they read these prayer cards on Facebook and, and join in prayer. Vassie and Linda, John and Ruby, my friend Jerry Scott for whatever needs he has, Marta and Charles and Sebron and Cameron. Pretty sure Cameron spelled the K. I spelled it wrong last week. And God knows who I'm praying for. Bella to continue to have victory over addiction and for her whole family if there's trouble there. And saw an indication that maybe there was some trouble, but we pray for that entire family. President Trump, without God's protection, he would have been dead 10,000 times. There's just no other way to explain it. The hatred for that man that is coming straight from the pit of hell through those who serve Satan. Jeannie Newberry, um, to continue to heal from her, her heart trouble that she had. Um, Bob's prayer for, for Mike, peace in his heart, and maybe a, a drawing to, to Christ. Unsaved family members. Pray for our country and, and the people in Europe. I heard today that there are Germans that are heating with firewood. They've gone out and the people that never did that before. And I don't know how cold it is over there right now. Would that be colder over there right now? It'd be getting chilly. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, <clears throat> they're trying not to freeze to death. But it looks like... Germany just passed the thing where they're going to go back to coal power uh, over there, yeah, and that's a good idea. There's no reason not to. And then they need to take these people that are manipulating the old Greta Thunberg. She doesn't know what she's saying or doing. She's just a kid. But there are people telling her what to say and do. Um, the agenda is to destroy the world economy, to destroy everywhere, particularly America. If you know how to play chess, when you start a game of chess, if, if you can target the opponent's queen and take that queen down, you're about 90% certain you're going to win that match. America is the queen of the nations on the earth right now, and Israel is the king. If you want to get the king into checkmate, taking out the queen is... Very, very helpful. So, um, we see that going on. Eric, Rex, John, Ted for America, President Trump, unsaved family members, Susan Wright and her family. Kathy Gillum Waters, just the Lord's will be done, and may she find comfort in her reaching out to Him. And as uh, it First name something more. Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. She's having surgery on the 16th of this one. I'm sorry, 14. 14. Yeah. She went through the radiation part, but they're going to have to remove it anyway. No. <clears throat> Rich and Jessica Sizemore. For John Park. Lord let him know he's welcome here. There's no reason he ought not come. Ray, praying for his lost loved ones, salvation for them and all, peace and safety 
for it. Oh, let's do a dance. Mm -hmm. I'm so good. Uh, Kay, uh, uh, Bob's friend Kay on there. You put her on there? I didn't, but I just remembered. I was oh, trying to Kay, think of certainly, it. Lord, for healing and blessings. God, we thank you for this time. We pray, God, that you teach us tonight from the pages of your word. Show us by your Holy Spirit the verses that should be looked at and the conversation that should be had, that iron might sharpen iron. You're in our midst because two or more are gathered, and we thank you, Lord. We ought to be quite humbled. Lord, we just lift up these concerns from this prayer list tonight that your will in these lives be done, that people would have victory in health and victory over addiction and victory as they overcome the world and come to you in truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to read a, I've said this before, I think my favorite exaltation of the Lord in the whole Bible, Daniel chapter 4. Um, and this is King Nebuchadnezzar, and God humbled him. He was kind of proud of himself. And God brought him down and humbled him. And he went through an awful lot. I'm going to just pick it up in verse 34. And this is after Nebuchadnezzar has been changed. It says, And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reported, are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? I like that. At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. These, this is what happened after he lifted up his eyes to heaven. And got his understanding back, got his reason back, thanked God, exalted God, and God restored him. So to me, if a person is found on the, on the ropes and just not doing well in anything they try, I, I think start with the God who made you and go from there. Verse 37 says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. God hates pride. 
And if you look at uh, Proverbs 6, and verse 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. So, um, a proud look, verse 17. You're exalting yourself. Nebuchadnezzar shared his experience. That didn't work out too well for him. But in the end, God used the um, trouble that Nebuchadnezzar was put through and uh, turned him to the truth. I ran across this notebook, this composition book I've got about a dozen or more of them. This is back when I would write down a lot of notes to, to look at in the Bible and verses. Um, I believe our studies got better as we just kind of let God direct them and me not trying to say, well, I got four more bullet points. Let's stay on, stay on subject here. Uh, if we ask for the Holy Spirit to lead us, we should follow that that lead, you know, um, instead of somebody, you know, trying to herd the the other members of the study in a certain direction. I had done this study in uh, different forms of pride, and it's, nobody is immune to pride. Um, there's pride in appearance, like well, let me just get my hair not one out of place or let me, you know, get all buff at the gym and look down on everybody else. Uh, pride in intelligence. Oh, I'm, I'm smarter than, than they are. Um, and I had that when I thought I had a superior intellect to people who believed in Christianity and who followed Christ. I didn't get told in school that Sir Isaac Newton was a Bible-believing prophecy scholar. Uh, some have said he spent more time reading and studying the Bible and understanding prophecy than he did in science. Well, he identified several laws of, the, uh, laws of physics. He invented calculus. Nobody told me that about him. You can't play the intellect card against Sir Isaac Newton. You can't say, oh, I'm too, I'm too mentally advanced to believe in that Bible and your flying spaghetti monster, invisible man upstairs. I'm too advanced in my intellect. I guarantee you that you're not smarter than Sir Isaac Newton was. God gives us intelligence. We get a certain amount. It's just what you're born with. You're born with a certain eye color, hair color. You're just born with certain attributes. Some people have little birth defects. Some people have severe ones. That's the way God let it be. And he will, uh, he will help them. I was watching this man. He is such an inspiration. He's in Canada. And uh, he works on old Mopars. He doesn't paint 
but he preps the bodies for the paint booth. And um, I'd watched 20 minutes or so of his video, and he was using his hand like this. It was turned around toward him. And that's the only hand he had. This arm here, he had about that much of it. He's born that way. His legs were deformed, and he was in a little wheelchair. And he's out there in the shop just slinging tools and working on those cars. And um, it's just like, wow. The guy's completely inspiring. His uh, YouTube channel is called Just A Hand, <laughs> which I thought was cute because this is all I got. I got one hand. This is what I'm going to do with it. And um, got a lot of tutorials on doing body work and stuff. Very, very inspiring. So, um, whose phone is that? Okay. No worries. Um, if you need to take a call, that's good. It's okay. So, you can have pride in intelligence. You can have pride in your wealth. Like, I got more money than them people, so I'm better. Pride in your abilities whatever they might be. You might be really good at something, really good track and field runner, really good ball player, good golfer, good shooter, and you have pride in those abilities. But you don't, what did Paul say? What have you received that God didn't give to you? Everything you say you have was something that was a gift from God. Here's a big one, pride in education pretty common like oh you didn't get your uh, four-year degree well you know I need binoculars to look down on you because you're so far below me most of those four-year degrees are nothing but a waste big debt piled up and you got something that you can't even work with or do I mean there's exceptions you know but and the job perhaps that you have oh look at me I'm uh, you know commonwealth attorney I'm a judge I'm the chief of police. I'm the head nurse at the hospital. Pride in your position. There are other ways pride manifests. One of the worst ways is prideful preaching. There are some, you can call them ministers, but I hate to even call them ministers because you can hear the tone as they are teaching and preaching that they are exalting themselves above anybody in the congregation who is looking at something a bit differently than they're looking at it. And you have to be like them. You need to look at them and be some sort of a, um, you know, um, follow along in their, in their tracks like you're their apprentice. So... Um, I just wanted to talk some about that and that we might even examine ourselves that um, do we have pride in something? And I, I think if we check, we, we, we might. Um, you can have pride in your sexuality. You can say, boy, I'm glad I'm not one of them homosexuals. Thank you, God, that I'm not like that guy. Is that a sin that that guy's committing? Yep. 
but is it a worse sin than saying, thank you, God, I'm not like him? No, it's not worse than that. You know, um, Luke chapter 18 14 it says and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others two men went up into the temple to pray the one a Pharisee and the other a publican the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Oh, getting blurry. The Lord seeks humility. What do you think that Pharisee was proud about? Well, he said he was tithing and he was fasting. and He's going to make it into heaven because he's not as bad as that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what we do, isn't it? We can do that. We, we can. We, we pick out some flaw in someone else that has a, a worse time of something than we ourselves are having. You know, I, I uh, know a lady and um, her day isn't done until she wants to point out how fat somebody is. Yet, she's no modicum of fitness herself. And, um, I mean, she's up in her late 70s now. But uh, the reason for that is you take your own insecurities and think, well, it could have been worse. I didn't come in dead last. You know, we had a spell and bee, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't get eliminated first. We ran the race. Didn't come in first. But thank God I didn't come in last like that dude back there. He came in last. Jesus said something about that the last would be first. Someone has to come in last. Doesn't matter how strong and fit or how brilliant of mind. Somebody is going to come in last. When we graduated high school, and I really hated how they did this. They took everybody's scores 
for the entire senior year. And whoever had the highest scores, well, that was... Uh, yeah, right up front. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the next highest scores and the next highest scores are on back. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to walk that line last, and I remember who did. That was a fellow I graduated with, Rusty Wright. A Rusty graduated. That's, but, that's what should matter is that he graduated. Exactly. And, you know, he's done fine. He probably done a whole lot better than some of others. So a lot of times trying to be right there at the front and elbowing and biting and kicking and trying to fight off the competition. What was it that skater girl uh, hired a hitman to break that gal's leg that was going to beat her in the skating. ice skating? Mm-hmm. What was her name? Uh, Nancy name. Kerrigan was the name yeah. of the girl got hurt. Yeah. Tabitha somewhere. Yeah. Uh, how could you enjoy a victory like that? It's kind of like being in, in the opposite sex and, and going in that team like swimmers do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how could you enjoy that? Well, I beat all the women. <laughs> yeah, that, that thing has about run its course. Those uh, swimming commissions and committees and whatever, they're mm-hmm. saying, okay, no more. Italy's outlawed to... You can't compete in any kind of a sport that if you're born in that gender, yeah. because you're going to still be that gender. The the most horrific thing was that so-called transgender MMA fighter yeah. got in the ring and broke that young lady's skull. And the worst part was that young lady was not told that you're getting ready to fight okay. a biological male. Mm-hmm. Now, whoever allowed that to happen. They need to be drawn and quartered, literally. Four horses, four ropes, drawn and quartered. Um, Satan is having his day, it seems, and certainly in American society. But the way to please God is you, you please Him with humility. You don't exalt yourself. You please him with humility. Um, You know, Satan in in Isaiah 14 exalted himself, but he's still doing Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Incidentally, it is said that the name for Satan, Lucifer, originates here in this King James. Now, somebody might prove that wrong, but that's what I've heard. Um, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? which didst weaken the nations. Now, Satan is busy weakening the nations. He hasn't had this fall just yet. This is prophecy. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount 
of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. He's going to be like God. He was not content to be a member of God's angelic host. He led a mutiny and took a third of the angels with him. The angels certainly did have free will. God gives free will because he wants true worship. He wants true loyalty. If you did not have the option of choosing not to follow him, where would the, the worship be? It's artificial. You're just acting out of program. And Calvinists believe that way. One thing you'll see in Calvinism is gobs of pride, brimming over the rim with pride. Yet they say, oh, you're the prideful one. You think you can do something to affect your salvation. You think it's part your credit. No, all a, all a lost person needs to do is commit the selfish act, which any sinner can do that, right? Commit the selfish act of grabbing that life ring because I don't want to die. I don't want to sink. I don't want to go down. But the Calvinist, you know, and, and typically your Calvinist is going to have been giving, he'll, he'll have been given a bit more intelligence than maybe the average Christian believer. That's one of the things that I see. And it is that pride of intelligence, pride of intellect that causes him to feel embarrassed about believing in the God of the Bible and salvation in Christ. Because he probably went to college with some folks that if he were to tell them that that's what he believes, they would laugh at him. And that would hurt his pride to be laughed at. So he stays away from the cross for that reason. But then along comes a doctrine that says you can't help but be saved. God will say who he will and he'll damn who he will and you've got no say in it. If you're one of his elect, then you're in. You're a Christian whether you want to be or not. That's Calvinism. So the fledgling Calvinist believer hears this and to him it sounds like so, are you telling me that I can become a Christian through no fault of my own? Not my fault. Can't blame me for believing in the flying spaghetti monster. It's, it's not my fault. And off to the Reformed church they go. And they somehow seem quite comfortable with the idea that God will destroy most of humanity never having given them a chance at salvation. I see Jesus said, few find it. You know, narrow is the gate that he would have you pass through. Narrow is the path to heaven. Very few find it, he says. Few find it. Well, that means, I don't know, let's say it's 10% find it. 90% of the people that God created, he deliberately created them to destroy them and let them be conscious for eternity 
in hell and torment? How could that be okay with somebody? What is that saying about the condition of their heart? And they'll just fire back, well, you're trying to play God. God told us right in his word who he is and what he does. He didn't say that. God never said that. I had a guy one time that told me, this was this dude to truck stop ministries too one time come in there. Became evident quite quickly that he was a Calvinist. And I, when I accused him of having been taught that, nope, I'd never even heard of it, he said. I read the Bible and these are the conclusions that I, that, that I came to. I didn't call him a liar, but I knew he was a liar. And I heard another one the other day on Twitter saying essentially that. That he was never taught Calvinism. He didn't know anything about it. All he did was read the Bible and that's how it is. No, that's not how it is. Any verse that they use to try to <clears throat> prop up that satanic doctrine. There's 20 that says otherwise. There's 20 that goes against it. Mm -hmm. Amen. So Satan used five I wills. I will ascend into heaven. He finishes up with I will be like the most high. Is that somebody you want in your tribe? Is that someone you even want in your family? Like, you know what? You're running this business, but I will ascend above you. I will do it better than you. I will steal your position. You know? That's pride. And, and it's a disloyalty. Satan was very disloyal to God. My view on loyalty, uh, my fiction I've written, and that's a very strong theme. There's not even love without loyalty. Without loyalty, true love has nowhere to rest. Now, can God restore? Yeah. If we repent and He forgives us, then we're forgiven. If you have... Uh, person in your family that doesn't forgive you that's on them but the behavior has to stop but we watched that movie the other night again been a few years since we'd seen it. it's called the encounter uh these folks are having to take a detour due to a storm somewhere in california and come to find stumble upon this railroad car diner remember that movie yeah it's, oh, it's been so mm -hmm. long it's really that. good yeah i think i watched it with you guys you did yeah because i said you're like kayla and you said no <laughs> <laughs> but uh and i was thinking about you and i saw it the other night too god bless you um, anyway the um proprietor is jesus and the story just begins to unfold and um, one of the lines is, uh, you know, the Jesus character. He says, you scratch any sin, you'll find just slightly below the surface is pride. Every sin is uh, going to be growing out, out of um, a layer of pride. Like, I deserve that, that trophy, that ice skating trophy. That's mine. So I will make sure my competition is not allowed to, to skate. And I'll be sure to win. It happens in the corporate world. People 
backstab. They talk about people behind their backs, and then they'll go. To, you getting cold? I'm always cold anymore. Well, somebody can help you close that, right? Oh, he's good. He got I mean, I dealt with that in the job I had with Flying J. Two different individuals purposed in their hearts to ruin me, told lies about me to my superiors in Utah. But I was in tight enough with them that they didn't believe it and they could see what was going on. But it does happen. You know, sometimes you, you don't realize why you lost a job. Somebody lied. Somebody told one to cut you down so that they could get that spot. That's that's the sin of, of pride, or pride is where it started, and the sin could be, you know, it could also be the lies that are told, the slander. Um, so for us in the body of Christ, we should continually examine ourselves. We're told to do that in 2 Corinthians 13. It's been a while since I've read there. Um, Let's start at the beginning of that chapter. Paul says, This is the third time I am coming to you. By the way, there was another letter that did not make Scripture. That is what many believe. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you now and foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove you, prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves that how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. He says we there. He's talking about him and the other apostles. There are you know when Ephesians chapter one opens up. Paul spends 12 verses talking about we. And you'll see the Calvinists grab those verses out of context and apply them to believers even in this age. Yet as you read further into Ephesians 1, he says we who were the first to believe. Well, if you're alive today, you certainly weren't one of the first to believe. He's Hmm. talking about the apostles. They were the first to believe. And then in verse 13 of Ephesians 1, he says, And you also, 
He switches from we and us and we and us. He switches to you. You also. You got your salvation when you believed. That's how you got it. By when you believed. So the, um, the hard thing to do is to take a hard look at yourself and say, where is my pride? And if we're honest, we've all got it. We've all got it somewhere. And, and we cling to it, too. Like, doggone it, this is the only thing I can do good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at pretty much everything else and mediocre at best. But this one thing, I can do good. And I have knowledge and I have expertise and I'm the go-to guy. Yet when you're challenged on that, It causes your pride to be deflated, or it can. You want to defend your expertise. You just do. I do it. I can tell when I'm doing it. It's human nature. It is human nature, and it's one of the uglier aspects of human nature. And it's why we needed a Savior. To save us and to forgive us for sins of all kinds, but particularly from sins of pride. Now, when people act very overtly in their perversion, I do not think it's wrong to point it out. If they, though, are being humble, if, if a, a fellow who is his besetting sin is same-sex attraction, and he's not out there drawing attention to himself, he's not out there shouting in these so-called gay pride parades. They call it pride, don't they? Gay pride. They call June Pride Month. They get an entire month to <clears throat> essentially... Celebrate what God would not have them do. Celebrate something that, you know, God's got better from them. But no, it's Pride Month. And see, the reason that I speak out against that kind of thing when I see it is because I know what's behind it. Or I should say, I know who's behind it. Satan is behind it. And, uh, you know, if you can ever have a private conversation with somebody who's drawn into that lifestyle... You know, tell them God loves you as much as he does anybody else. I've got my besetting sins, and you have yours. And we both need to cry out to him. And let him begin that work, that work toward perfection. And someone living in a gay lifestyle might not turn that loose right away. So... We pray for one another. We don't question someone's profession of faith unless if you have that gift of discernment, and that is a spirit gift, Second Corinthians, go back to 1 Corinthians 12. You can ask for the spirit gift. Like, Lord, show me what I ought to know. Let me not be deceived. 
you know, we were talking the other day about this study. We've been doing it more than 20 years, I guess. We could write a book on the individuals that have come and gone. It finally became evident that Satan wanted to send people in here that certainly belonged to him, some who may have been given over to reprobate mind. One man was demon-possessed. He would snort and howl. Remember that time, right? Uh, he, I don't know that you've met the guy. Last name Johnson. Walk around Withville carrying a Bible wanting to preach to everybody. <laughs> Yet, come into this study. I don't know how he found out about it. And started snarling and growling when I was reading scripture, particularly the uh, the words of Christ in red. Oh, he hated that. And, you know, we ended up ending the study a bit early because it was such a distraction. And I followed him out front. Well, before then, I, I wanted to know what was wrong, and he couldn't talk to me. And... I said, do you want some coffee or some tea? No, 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 no. Hot chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, he'll drink hot chocolate. So we got him some hot chocolate. And I just observed him. So he goes to leave. After he's finished with his hot chocolate, I saw him on the front porch. And I said, okay, John, I'm going to pray for you. And he looked straight at me. He said, no, no, don't pray for me. Don't pray for me. Don't. That was the last time he showed up here. Then, though, I found out he's Reverend Davis was with us about every week then. He was going around town telling people, don't go to that Bible study on Mountain View Drive. There's an evil preacher there. And he was referring to Reverend Davis. And I got wind of it, and I told Reverend Davis about it, and he just laughed. He said, yeah, I saw him in Walmart. I just told him, he said, you need prayer. You need prayer. We're going to pray for you. you know, he's like, mm, you know, just just totally demon possessed. And then another one, you know, she would uh, seizures. Just read Mark chapter nine. That is a demon. I'm not willing to really entertain any optional diagnosis. Pretending to be married so they could take two dollops of food from Bland Ministries bringing it back over here and that's slimy it is and yeah oh we're christian i don't think so they can only people who actually need it yep so you know we've seen all kinds um i just began to pray that god would only send those here who he wanted to come and that he would keep away those who he did not want to come so i don't really chase anybody down and I know the, the feeling a lot of people say, well, why didn't you come check on me? Why didn't you invite me back? The Holy Spirit would have invited you back if he wanted you here. I don't say that, but that's my feeling. The Spirit gifts of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds mm -hmm. of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Discerning of spirits. If that is your gift... You usually end up getting people mad. I likened it in a blog post I wrote years ago. Like there's three people. They're going through the jungle. They're navigating through the jungle. You got your compass man. He's got he's got that shiny compass. He's looking this way. We need to go that way. You got your machete man. And he's swinging that machete and cutting the, through the brush and the jungle and. And they're forging on through there, forging their ways on through there. I don't know if I invented a word there. But um, you got this other guy. And he doesn't have any shiny compass or machete. He's the snake spotter. And he can pick up a snake quickly and see it. He can see, up oh, snake. And then your compass guy and your machete guy, I don't see any snake. Right there, look very carefully. Of course, snakes hide pretty well, don't they? You can be staring right at one in certain settings. You know, copperhead on a little trail in the forest with a bunch of fallen leaves on it. He blends right in. Or she. The snake spotter says stop. And they're thinking, just when we were starting to make some progress, you say you see a snake. There's no snake. But there is. And you end up kind of being a wet blanket to progress in their eyes. But, you know, they're going to bring some new preacher in or some music minister in or some assistant, mm. you know, or some youth pastor in, and you see through it. You see what you got there. You see you got a snake. And you tell them. So I have happened to me. And I was the only one that didn't think this dude was just a be-all, end-all, going to be the best preacher ever for that church. They had to lock him out six months later. He was literally stealing from the church, carrying stuff out, carrying it home. He was building his own library with books he was carrying out of the pastor's office and study. I mean, I thank God for that. Um, but again, at the time, when I said, no, I'm not going to rejoin this church, I'm not, I'm not going to ask anybody that left after I did, although I did not persuade anybody to leave. It, it kind of ended up being an exodus of our our Sunday school group and then some others. But um, in the end, 
I was right. I'm not trying to be prideful about that. That's something God gave me. What else would you like to have? Wisdom. And according to James in chapter 1, if you ask God for wisdom, that's a, that's a gift, and he'll give it to you. Gifts of healing. I believe Christian has that. Other gifts are for other people. So um, ask God for spirit gifts. It will enrich your life and it will also enrich the lives of those that you are involved with. You should always be seeking God to a greater degree. Does anybody want to add anything, questions, or point out anything? Yeah, how do you go about finding out what your gift is? Well, um, because obviously you can have one or more, but you, you can at least have one. You will have one, at least. He says um, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. One's given wisdom, a word of wisdom. Another, the word of knowledge. Wisdom. That's yours, Jerry. Because you, you know, at times when I've, been having anxiety over something, uh, you know, uh, you just have that way to very calmly point out some truths from the Bible and uh, and share them. All right, John. I think he opened the front door because I could feel a cold breeze all of a sudden. He probably opened the door, yeah. He let himself in. We got a cat that opens the front door and then runs in here and wants out the back. That's funny. <laughs> Wouldn't be a cat otherwise. Did he open the door? Okay. Yes, we hear you. Yeah, he needs to. Needs to come well, back around again. Put a shock collar on a cat. Yeah, I've known people uh, that have been Christians many years that not, and we're still trying to discern what their gift was. It's not necessarily an easy thing to ascertain. It may not be. It's probably best if somebody else tells you. That's well, what I'm saying is because somebody else can observe that well, knows you very well that's and very can tell you. Because Paul said, I, I desire to come to you that I might impart unto you spiritual gifts. Yes. Remember? That's right. In his epistle to uh, Timothy. Yes. And he would lay hands and people received a spirit gift. See, the Holy Spirit connects all of us. And, and that amazing energy that God permeates His creation with can flow from one believer to another through the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Ask for wisdom, you'll get that. Word of knowledge, what is that? I guess it's, you know certain things. You know, knowledge is how much information you hold. Um, you, you know, uh, if it's a church group and they want to enlarge the fellowship hall, maybe somebody in that group that could tell them how to do it. And they got the knowledge. You designed and built those bookshelves for Reverend Davis at the uh, out here. 
that's knowledge. That's a gift of knowledge. And it's being used, in that case, in, inside the church for the benefit of the minister. We probably got more than a couple, some of us, you know, um, to another faith by the same Spirit. You got that, Jerry. You got faith. That's a spirit gift. See, if everybody has a measure of faith, but then there's great faith. The, the, the faith that comes on the level of a spirit gift. Um, working of miracles. <laughs> he puts a bulldozer, a, a, a track loader track back on by himself. Oh. That's a miracle, yeah. Hey, what? Yes. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Nobody was with him. He built a trellis that was big, heavy enough to support the thing. He built a, uh, a some kind of a structure to go inside the track to make it have the right shape as he get, dragged it toward the, the dozer to get it on. And then I guess you just pulled that thing out and let the thing fall down on the, on the wheels inside the grooves. Yeah, you know. Well, he has a gift. You got that. Yeah. yeah, and others. Well, it only weighed 3,000. Only? That's all. It took three come-alongs. Uh, to another prophecy. There's a couple different ways you can prophesy. You can tell somebody about themselves, and this happens in 1 Corinthians 14, in example. Well, not always. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then prophecy is also saying this is going to happen. I guess, you know, if God gives a sign, like putting that fly on Mike Pence's head during the vice presidential debate, God said, this guy smells like manure. And I'm going to put a fly on him. And it's just going to sit there. And he put one on Hillary's face during the debates with Trump. So you can see these things. You can see God's handiwork. He's, he's dropping you a little clue there about who you're dealing with. Um, well, you know, it's funny how people's names wind up being exactly who they are, like that Duplantis guy. Yeah. Duplantis, that's what the devil does. He surplants, duplants, surplants. duplicity. Duplicitous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, the tongues, um, is there such a spirit gift? There obviously is, because here it is in the Word. But it's not going to your local Pentecostal church and just <laughs> interrupting the sermon by standing up going, sha la 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 ding dong That's my mother-in-law's church. Does, this lady that does that, she's convinced that she has tongues. That's like, well, can anybody, like, decipher what she's saying? Mm -hmm. She said, no. I said, that's not tongues. Yeah, it has to be. And Paul said, don't do it without an interpreter. Yep. And, you know, I was talking to um, Forrest's girlfriend the other evening, and, and she said, yeah, she goes to Pentecostal church. She didn't really know the denominational <laughs> bent. And she said, they're always doing this. She said, this woman stands up. She repeats the same phrase, the same repetition of syllables. And then the, the preacher is going to interpret. And it's, it, it should. It's something different each time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, was that? what was that that I sent you that Paula White was saying? Oh, oh yeah. It was was it bada boom bada bing or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like yeah yeah but dabba do something like that. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. It was oh white. Yeah. Yeah, Paul White. Yeah. Now that's who Trump called on when he was in dire straits. Instead of calling Jensen Franklin or somebody that that's actually she was knew a babe. <laughs> that's why he did it. He let his he let his uh, lust worldly desires. 
and it did that cost him. Maybe that's one of the things that cost him. But in any event, um, pretty interesting. Also, the gift of giving. Uh, I know you have the gift of giving. Bob has the gift of giving. I don't know about me. Ron, Ray also. Yeah. You have the gift of giving. Ray's been generous to force. I don't know Bud well enough to predict from him or Gordon. You learn. these days. I will say Ray has been very generous to Forrest. Yeah. yeah. But to everybody, really. Yeah. He's a generous guy. Well, let's just all ask God to show us our gifts. And He might show you your gift by having a fellow believer say, Hey, this is a gift that I see that you have. And uh, I wanna, wanted to point that out. And then the um, other thing, what about, what are we prideful about? If we can get a handle on that, you know, when Nebuchadnezzar realized that his sin was pride and it brought him to the end of his rope and he turned his eyes toward heaven and... God took it from there. And he will. Look at the crown. Need uh well, you've been drinking those liquid IVs? Because they've got good stuff in them. They have a lot of potassium in them. Yeah. I have one or two of them that I think Chris gave me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pick you up some though. Yeah. yeah. Well probably just past an hour. Uh, let's join okay. hands. Let's have Ray closest. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can meet again. Be in your presence, dear God. Pray you bless each and every one here. Fill with each and every one throughout the rest of the week and all the weeks, dear God. Time is getting short. Keep our faith strong in you. And hurry and come and take us all. Oh, yes, we ask and pray in Jesus' holy, holy name. Yes, amen. amen. amen.